mean, you've been putting in work for so long. Putting in a lot of work. What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode 26 of Putting in Work. I am Jono Peck, and uh, thanks for all the kind words about last week's episode. Uh, it was great to have Dylan on here. You can convert those kind words into reviews in iTunes to help out the show. Hit me with a five-star rating. And speaking of Dylan down in Launceston, this week's guest, Will Ridley, is currently touring Tasmania with the Bell Shakespeare Company. I first came across Will about six years ago. He was just about to head across to a prestigious acting school in London, which has alumni including Anthony Hopkins, John Hurt, Timothy Dalton, Alan Rickman, and Peter O'Toole. So pretty good company over there for Will. When I was a, a reporter with the Warnable Standard, we did a story on Will's acceptance into that course, went through NIDA in Sydney, which is the National Institute of Dramatic Art. So very much going down that theatrical performance career path and uh, doing quite well. He's making a living out of acting, which is why I wanted to talk to him about that craft. It's something that I haven't touched on in putting in work. It's hard to find actors, I guess. You don't come across a lot of professional actors, at least I don't. So it was really interesting to talk to Will about the world of acting and the hard work that goes into making that into a career. For some reason, his Tasmanian hotel did not have Wi-Fi, so we had to record over speakerphone. hope that's okay. Here is Will Ridley of the Bell Shakespeare Company. Enjoy the show. Thanks for joining me from a lovely Tasmania hotel. Sunny Hobart, is it? Yeah, breathing Hobart. <laughs> okay. So I spoke to you, Will, saying about six years ago when you were about to go into a fairly prestigious course or acting school, I believe, but let's go back a little bit further and you can maybe start with telling me about growing up in, I guess, regional Victoria, how did you uh, know that you wanted to get into acting and how did you come to see that as something you could actually make a career out of? Yeah, it's funny, I mean, like you said, regional Victoria, at the moment, um, what I'm doing my acting at the moment is travelling all around. Australia doing shows to, to kids and, and, and school students and for me it wasn't until I was in year 12 that I kind of knew that I maybe yeah, knew that I wanted to be an actor or it was something that I wanted to pursue and I remember always seeing shows and mum, mum and dad would always you know take us to things I think the first thing I saw was they, uh, it was called Happy Days the Arena Spectacular <laughs> which had human nature playing all these different characters but um yeah, because I'm in mean, Regional Victoria, I grew up in, you know, Warrnambool, a very sporting town. It wasn't something that was considered the coolest thing to do. But I remember when I was in year seven, I saw a guy do a dance solo, and I was thinking it was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen. And uh, it took me until year 12 to kind of get the courage to just give it a crack and, and do it. And my school was doing Greece the following year when I was going to be in year 12. I thought, stuff it, let's give it a go. And I did it, and that, yeah, for me that was kind of my moment of like, this is amazing, I absolutely love this, I have to keep, keep trying and, and keep doing it. So yeah, it wasn't, I, was, I was 18 when I did my first sort of musical, and then I think I was 21 when I did my first play, which was at a drama school. So yeah, it took me quite a while to get into it, just being, you know, in maybe a country town where it, you know, it wasn't just what you did, you know, you grew up playing sport, or you know, at least me and, and my friends did. I guess it's probably not something where there's a clear pathway to being, quote, unquote, a star or, you know, a Hollywood celebrity or whatever it is that that different actors have in their head of where they want to get to. At that point, did you think, you know, I want to be on TV, I want to be in movies, I want to be on the stage? Did you have something planned that would be something that you saw yourself doing? Yeah, um, not not really as as, um, 
specific as that. Uh, I think everyone kind of has that you know, dream or, or pipeline of, of being you know, a massive film star or whatever. But for me, at that stage, and, and maybe I'm really lucky in that I had this thought, it was just about performing and getting to do it. And I think perhaps really, really luckily, you know, seeing a lot of stage stuff that my parents took me to, that was something that I really, really loved and enjoyed. Um, so, yeah, I didn't have a, a set goal. I mean, the, the more I've... The more I've done and the more training I've got I've, I've found I've got a real passion for the stage stuff um, over screen and, and uh, you know, TV and film work um, which is probably just as well because it's, yeah, it's a bit more, more difficult to do that stuff mm. as far as getting the work I think, it's, you know, I think there's a, a much more of a craft in stage acting but yeah so I mean I, I have a real passion for stage and, and, and Shakespeare at, at, at the moment but yeah I'd love to, to try and get into a bit more film and TV but uh, I just keep plugging away at it when you're first joining the, the first place that you are learning acting, how do you kind yes. of separate yourself to the point where you're able to get into the more prestigious schools and, and, and land in the productions that you really want to be a part of? I, think I got really lucky, actually. There was a, the, the, the first training that I did was at a place called the National Theatre Drama School in Melbourne, and there was an, a scholarship available purely for somebody from Warrnambool. And I was in England at the time, uh, just seeing family, I was there for five months. I thought I'd just go over and do some work, and uh, whoever got in had to pull out in the first week of it starting. Hmm. And then my old drama teacher gave me a call when I got back to, to Australia and said, "Hey, look, there's a position available. The course has already started. You know, they'd like to know if you want to go up and audition." So I went up and auditioned. Uh, I think on the Friday, and I started and had moved to Melbourne by the Monday. So there was a bit of luck that, that happened there, and so that was in 2008. And that's when I found out about the bigger schools, like NIDA and Whopper and VCA. And so I just started auditioning for those every year. Um, it took me six years. I finally got into NIDA, which I graduated from last year. And that's when I started, you know, at NIDA, they've got such great facilities that, you know, I sort of got a taste for, for being in bigger productions and, and getting some bigger roles and, and playing really interesting parts. So I guess that's where, yeah, that, that kind of flowed on from. Okay, so what kind of skills are you, do they teach at, at NIDA and those kinds of uh, institutes where you, you can't just learn or that aren't just a natural gift that some people have? Because I know like you hear different interviews with actors and some of them haven't been to any theatre schools at all. Some of them yep. um, go through different ways of, of getting discovered and that kind of thing. So what are you really grateful for that you learned at NIDA? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think the thing at NIDA for me, I mean, it's a very uh, technique-based training, especially the, the voice side of it. I mean, like I said, it took me six years to get in, and once I finally did get in, I kind of said to them, look, what was it that kept me away for so long? And it was it's some of that local technique stuff. And so over the three years, you know, you, you're doing 50 hours a week of, of contact at the school, and it just it, it gives you something that, that you can fall back onto. When, you know, when you're performing and if, you know, if you're not feeling it or you're not there, there's a technique that they'll teach in, in voice movement. I mean, there's, there's so much that we do there. I mean, they're probably the two big main components, as, as well as, you know, doing productions and doing screen work, theatre work. We just, you know, you do stuff like flying and rigging and, and there's just a, there's a whole plethora of different stuff that, that we do there that, that just builds on a technique for an actor. You know, I think there are so many that, that get into to acting who've, had, who've got no training and uh, I guess they're just lucky or naturally talented or pretty. You know, I mean, yeah. truth be told, but, uh, you know, that, that, unfortunately, um, and I know that's why I prefer stage a bit more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bit, bit more makeup and everything on stage. <laughs> yeah. 
So what are, what are the main skills that are required in theatre that separate it from what you call screen acting? It's funny, actually. The screen teachers that we have at NIDA very, very much believe, and, and, and yeah, I, I agree that there isn't, or there shouldn't be too much of a difference between the two. I mean, you know, the idea that truth is truth. You know, if you can get to a stage where you're telling a story as truthfully, you know, and, and technically as you can, it shouldn't matter what medium you're performing it at. I think when you're on stage, I mean, you know, you don't get to call cut if you mess something up or if you, you, know, you can't remember a line or if, if something didn't feel right. There's, a, there's an energy and an inertia in the show that you just have to keep going and there's an excitement around that. And I think that's why I love theatre more because the, the, the second that the show starts, I, I, I think I think it every time, especially the shows we're doing at the moment, because we're doing them to school kids, you know, some of whom don't, don't want to always be there. You know, once the show starts, that's it. There's no stopping or, you know, if you make a mistake, you cover it. If you get a good response, you can play off it. If you get a bad one, you've got to try a different technique or style or offer in the moment to try and get an audience back. Sure. And, and, and that's, that's, you know, we, we film and TV, you can just call cut and do it again. You know, through those early years especially, it must have been a, a lot of times where you questioned, is this going to be a career? Is it a hobby? Is it, is it something that yeah. I can actually make money out of so what was that kind of i don't know whether was it a struggle and and how did you convince yourself that it was something to push forward with it's funny mum always said i've got two brothers and she always said to the three of us if you know what you want to do and you're willing to work as hard as you possibly can to get it then you can do whatever you want so i don't i mean there's always the the idea of i think that actually the more i do the more i have that thought rather than having it at the start Hmm. You know, at the start, you're just exploring and finding it, you know, finding it all out. And do I want to do it? And what is it all about? But now I know that it is what I want to do. That's where the thought of crap, can I, you know, financially sustain, you know, myself and, and, you know, my partner? And, you know, can we have kids or, you know, buy a house and do all that kind of stuff because of, you know, the financial side of that thing? Yeah, at the start, it was just about getting as much experience as I could. So I I just said yes to everything that got offered to me. Okay. What was the crossover point where it went from having to have a part-time job on the side to just being able to focus on acting? Or I don't even know, are you still doing other work or is it just 100% acting now? Uh, At the moment, 100% acting. I'm really, really lucky at the moment working for for an amazing company called Bell Shakespeare. So we've got a, you know, there's three of us, we have a six-month contract with with these guys. And for the three years before that, again, really lucky to be studying at, at a place like NIDA that is, you know, committed to full time actor training. So really for the last sort of three and a half years I've been been lucky in not having to to do too much outside stuff. A little bit of teaching, uh, like you know, younger kids acting classes and things through NIDA. Yeah. But um but yeah, really, really lucky at the moment. In a pretty good spot. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean you must have seen a lot of your friends and other people drop out along the way, give up because they couldn't do it or they realised it wasn't what they thought it was going to be? Is that something that seems yeah. to happen a lot? Yeah, absolutely. And especially, I mean, even when I was, I say younger, but, you know, maybe 10 years ago when, you know, I was saying to a lot of people, this is what I'm going to do and this is what I'm going to try and, and what I really want to strive towards as a career. There was a lot, you know, friends at, at, at high school or in the early years of the first couple of drama schools who... Yeah, you know, be it parents' ideas of what they wanted their kids to do or, or just themselves saying, look, it's just not viable. So, yeah, they then either choose the hobby option or just stop altogether. Sure. But, yeah, luckily, I mean, I think I'm a bit stubborn, so it wasn't really a choice. <laughs> that's great. I mean, it definitely helps if, if that's what it takes to get there. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, it's tough. It's not, it's not a straightforward, easy thing for most 
actors and uh, yeah, I think there's some stupid statistic like the average Australian actor earns six thousand dollars a year, but you know, all good. <laughs> yeah, hopefully you're, you're doing a little bit better than that. I'm doing a little bit better. Yeah. Than that. yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So what would you say are some of the misconceptions about making acting a career? Like you must come across people that are fairly surprised to learn that you're a professional actor, whether they're the people you meet at parties or whatever, because it's not really something that you come across every day. So what are some of the things that people kind of assume that aren't true? Yeah, um, I mean, the the most common thing is, oh, great. So so what do you do for work? You know, uh, yeah, I think people just kind of don't comprehend that, that you can do it. Yeah, I think the misconception is that, that if you're not on TV, you're not an actor. Sure. I don't think people understand the, the enormity of the industry. There's an amazing statistic. I think the arts industry employs... It's one of the biggest employers in Australia. Obviously, that's the wider thing from, from people who, you know, rip tickets at the door of a cinema to Australian film actors. But, you know, there's, there's voice work, there's physical theatre, performance arts... Uh, stage work, screen work, editors, directors, podcasts, you know, there's, there's so much within what the industry is in itself. So I think that the biggest misconception is for, for, for acting is that it is solely what people watch at night time on telly. And is that, like you mentioned, having done a little bit of it, is, is TV or film something that you would like to explore later as, a, as another industry yeah. to break into? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm really, really focused on, on the, the theatre stuff at the moment. This community, Australia's got a, a really you know, great little scene, not as big as you know, it could be, but it, you know, it's a really great one. But yeah, film and TV is something, especially Australian film and TV, is something I'd love to break into. There's some amazing stuff on, on ABC and SBS. And some, you know, I think Australia make really good miniseries and, and, and crime drama, so I'd, really, I'd love to be able to crack into that stuff. Sure. And I had a little squiz on your IMDb page before. It looks like you've done a little bit of film work, or starting to? Yeah, a little, a, a tiny little bit. So, I mean, a couple of independent features, and... Um, yeah, very very small role on on Rush about oh, about seven years ago now. Okay, but um, but yeah, I mean it's it's, it's just such a difficult little. It's, it's like a niche to be honest, Australian TV. If you yeah, if you're trying to do it, but um, yeah, I'd love to to make a bit of a push for it. And in theatre, it seems to be that, you know, obviously Broadway, New York and London especially, there's a really big scene that people will pretty much move to those places just to be part of. So is that something you've considered working overseas and getting into the really, really big productions? Yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd love, I'd love to. So the, the, the big goal for myself uh, career-wise would to be a West End theatre actor. You know, I think they, they do some amazing stuff. You know, in, in, in terms of scale and and content, and just I mean the companies they have they have over there are, are really amazing. So yeah, and, and I mean I think that that's you know part of their culture as well. You know, theatre in England, which and, and then their training, their training is mostly theatre based. You know, and as is it here, but we're we're starting to do a bit more film and TV. So what would you say has been the hardest part of getting to the point you're at now? I think just persistence and not letting. I mean, there's a lot of no's in this industry you know i mean actors do hundreds of auditions if you're lucky five percent of them say yes here's the role so i think just not letting the no's dictate where you are in your career because i mean a no can be for so many things you know do you not look right for the role you're too young are you too old do you not have the right color eyes Mm. you know so yeah just not letting outside things like that dictate too much i mean there's a huge push at the moment yeah i mean i'm only 12 months out of drama school but for, for actors to be 
creating their own content as well. So, yeah, if, if, if you're perhaps not getting exactly what you want, there's a, there's a push to go out there and just make it yourself. And is it hard, like you talked a little about auditions, is it hard not to take that rejection personally and kind of let it heap up on top of you as as a, you know, time after time you hear that you're not good enough or maybe you're just thinking it's because you're not good enough, but how do you kind yeah. of separate that from not what you can't do but what you can do? Yeah, yeah, it's tough. That is, that's one of the toughest things, I think, because, yeah, you do every time you have an audition, you try and do your best work in your audition the second that you leave the room you just have to forget about it because as I said before the chance of getting them is you know can be so slim at times you just can't let it weigh you down and it's tough I mean again being not too far out of drama school and being lucky enough to go to somewhere like NIDA you know there's a lot of audition opportunities for us that come out of that school you know because of the reputation it has into itself so, you know, when we're first out, we go for a lot of stuff and, and people just wanting doses and, and just wanting to see us and who's coming out of the school. So, you know, one of the first things I think you do when you're, when you're fresh out is, is get a lot of rejection. But, yeah, you just have a mental plan or make sure you've always got something going so that those no's don't sort of weigh you down. Mm. And, I mean, yeah, I used to do that before I got into NIDA. Every year that I auditioned, the second that I left the room, I'd make myself a set of goals that I want to achieve for next year's auditions or you know what I wanted to have done before I went back to see them so I think that's helped me now doing you know auditions for the you know commercials or tv or, or stage it's when you leave you look forward as opposed to looking back sure no that's, re- that's really interesting like I guess if you have something else to go on to it's not going to feel like all your hope is in this one thing that's yeah yeah, yeah absolutely and, and it's strange to say that because I mean you have to put all of your focus into it because I mean uh, I think it's Brian Cranston you know talks about taking on audition like to audition is the job of the actor if you put the work that you do into a, a you know, full gig into the audition then you've done absolutely everything you can so you still have to put all the weight into it but you can't at the second that it's done you kind of just have to let that go yeah that sounds exhausting to me but yeah it's, you know, it's true it's, I, wish I, I wish I could do that but yeah it's very very true I guess that's why it's uh, a hard, <laughs> hard industry to get into. Yeah, that's why it's a hard gig. Yeah. yeah. You know, we talk about people who get lucky and they just are pretty enough or talented enough straight away just to get them. And then, you know, we might see them do one or two things, but that they just drop off because, yeah, you know, I think and I think that's where that that idea of drama school training comes in. It, there's a bit of resilience in there as well. So, what would be your advice to people that whether they want to get into acting school? that's going to set them up for a career in acting or just even if it's as a hobby, like to be the best actor they can, what would be your advice to those people? Stubbornness. Like, like you know, just a willingness not to give up. But but even in, in, in the sense of, you know, the hobby stuff, is just read as many plays as you can, see as many plays as you can, see as many films as you can, have an opinion on what you see, watch actors and directors that you like and, and note what that it is that you like about them. And, and, you know, watch films and, and, and actors, you know, writers or whatever that you don't like and, and have an opinion on or know what it is that you don't like about those because that will help sort of form yourself as a performer and lead you to what you, you know, that you do want to do or, or things that you, you don't want to for a certain reason. But, yeah, I think just watching and reading as much as you can. Okay. So the last question for you, Will, if you could do anything and know that you wouldn't fail, what would you do? I could do anything and know that I wouldn't fail. Uh, acting. <laughs> In what, though? What would be the dream gig? Oh, the dream gig. 
there's a, there's a great British writer called Simon Stevens. Uh, if I could do a, a Simon, being the, the first run of the Simon Stevens play in on the, on the West End, that'd be that'd be pretty special. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, we'll make sure that when it happens, it, this was the first time anyone heard it. Maybe. <laughs> Yeah, cool. All right, we'll keep doing what you're doing. It's uh, it's cool to talk to someone that's uh, in this space. I haven't really done that on this podcast before, so thanks for the chat. No, it's great. No, thanks very much for calling. Hopefully the sun comes out for you soon. Yeah, thanks, mate. Cheers. All right. That was Will Ridley. Thanks for listening. You can check out Bell Shakespeare all around Australia performing The Merchant of Venice for the rest of the year. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Johnny himself. Let me know how you like the show. Let me know who you want to see on as a future guest. And until next week... Keep putting in work.